For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. We are continuing on Edge Week with two more scouting reports. Today being Miles Murphy from Clemson and Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. Two guys that are listed at over six foot five with some crazy length. But interestingly enough, Ryan, neither of these guys really fit the same role, despite physically not being that far off. I, th- I think Foskey's like 260. You got 275 for Miles Murphy, and that weight difference really does say a lot for the differences between these two players because one's a power profile guy. One is a very versatile chess piece that was used at Notre Dame last season. Yeah, no, and they're, um, it's interesting, Joe, because like you said, and it's a great intro, very similar body types. I mean, I think that Isaiah Foskey could easily play around 270, 275 yes. like Miles Murphy yeah. does. I mean, there's no doubt He's about lean. that. With the, They both have very similar frames, though, in the fact that they're long-armed, long-legged, just like – I mean, they were made in a lab, man. Like, these, this is what <laughs> defensive ends on the NFL level are supposed to look like. They, I mean, they look the part, to say the least. And they're both young guys, too. I think that we had – Looking through the database, I think we had an official date on Foskey, if I remember correctly, but I can't find it at the moment. Oh, there he is. Um, yeah, so Foskey, is, even though he's going to go into his fourth year in college, he's still only 21 years old, which is wow. a really nice sign. So he was born, um, sorry, October 30th, 2000. So he's still 21. He'll be 22 during the season. So he will still be 22 during draft time. And Miles Murphy is... I think almost the youngest player we have in the database, man. He's only 20 years really? old still, obviously, as a true junior. So we're dealing with two young guys that are physically advanced for their ages. And like you said, though, I think they're going to fit much different roles, which I think is the exciting mm-hmm. part of today's show is we're dealing with two great football players, but two football players that I think are stylistically going to do very different things on the next level. Yeah, uh, very, very different things. And we're going to go into into breaking down both of these guys. Before we do, though, folks, I want to tell you about our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news and next season's NFL early futures. Head to their website today. Or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get that bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. 
Ryan, I'm jumping into Isaiah Foskey, who six foot five, two sixty five. Really funny player to watch on film because he's just so freaking long. You had hinted at yesterday that Notre Dame didn't really use him that effectively. Al mm-hmm. Golden comes in as the new defensive coordinator. Marcus Freeman obviously still is going to have some say in the scheme that is ran for sure. this Notre Dame fighting Irish defense. But Foskey was used all over the freaking place on this defense because you see him as a stand-up rusher. You see him put his hand in the dirt coming off the edge. But then I, I was watching the, I think it was the USC game, and he pops in at, at middle linebacker, and they're putting him over, you know, right over the middle of the, uh, like on top of the center, either as a blitzer, off the ball, as an actual linebacker. And I have to admit, I was not expecting that. And I will say, I think Foskey was actually good enough of a mover in space to play those positions. Now, instinctually, I don't want him playing middle linebacker too often, but right. I think the ability to do that and to blitz him from any gap on your defense, A gap, B gap, C gap, wherever you want to put him, the ability to do that and then not always have to send him mm-hmm. is really effective for a creative defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, for people that don't follow Marcus Freeman or don't follow the stylistic, you know, just defensive system that he's run at Cincinnati and then he ran last year at Notre Dame, they run a, it's a hybrid three-man front and four-man front. So they have their strong side ends, they have their nose, they have their three tech, and then they have what they call their viper or their drop Mm -hmm. ends, however you want to kind of phrase it. So to your point, Joe, Foskey is most of the time in the line of scrimmage because they're playing like a four-man front to a degree, but then they'll go to a three-man front where they take that viper or that drop end and they'll place him back as a stacked linebacker. So it almost becomes like a 3-3 look, right? So they'll use that versatility because, like you said, Foskey can blitz, A-gap, B-gap, can play a traditional edge spot. He's even dropped into coverage a little bit, which he can do, but I don't know why you would want to do it. Yeah. Right? Like I mean, yeah. like, like there's going to be a time and a place where you have to do it, right? And he's right. going to be able to drop, and it's going to be fine. But I think that you saw when he is asked to just pin his ears back and use his explosiveness and to threaten the outside track, man, he's got legitimate juice. And then – what do you think his arm length is? 35 inches, right? Like it's like got 36 him. maybe. Well, so the, the the one note I made on him, Ryan, that I loved, his his long arm's deadly because his arms are yeah. so freaking long. He doesn't have that same Will Anderson power profile, but he's still pretty freaking strong. And that long arm, and he's quick enough, he's twitchy enough yeah. to literally just stick his arm out and then keep riding out an offensive tackle before he he gets to the quarterback. Like that that ability to do that is yeah. really effective. I, I will say, though, like Will Anderson, he does need to add some more moves, but mm-hmm. that long arm, the ability to do that, is, I would argue, far deadlier than what, what Will Anderson can do, bringing it to the next level because his arms are so much longer. Now, I mean, Foskey has that crazy length, and he's a really explosive mover, right? Like you said, twitch. I think that's a perfect way to put it. He's a twitchy dude linearly and explosively in short areas like and he gets to his top speed very quickly man I don't think he's the most bendy player of all time right like he is he's gonna win basically based upon getting angles to the quarterback and using that explosiveness to kind of finish at the ball carry I don't think he's a guy that's a true um, edge bender like I don't think that that's traditionally him but the funny the cool part about him Joe is although he's going to be in his fourth year 
he's not an experienced player. So like those parts of the game that you're talking about where it's like, let's add move to the arsenal. Let's get a little more nuance as a pass rusher. I think those can still come because he went from, uh, for people that don't know, he was only ranked in the 200s as a recruit because he was mostly recruited as a tight end coming out of De La Salle. He did not play much defensive end in high school. Notre Dame was the one school that was like, we want you to come play defensive end. We don't want you to play tight ends. He comes. First year, he just plays special teams. I think he blocked the punt, and he was just kind of on like those coverage units. Didn't really play any defense. Second year, he's just a part-time pass rusher. I think he finished like second on the team in sacks just as like a a pure part-time player. Last year was his first year as a full-time contributor. He has like 10 or 11 sacks, right? Like in his first year as the guy for Notre Dame. So all that to say is he hasn't been playing defense that long, man. There is massive upside here, and those tools are nutty. I mean, honestly, does he have the best tools of any edge that you've watched so far? It's possible. I mean, it's 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 some ridiculous stuff, man, from an athleticism length perspective. When you combine those thing, two things together, Isaiah Foskey has some special traits. Ryan, you're 100% right there with, with the traits. I think if you had to perfectly formulate what you want an edge rusher to look like, he has all of those boxes. The actualization of using those traits is not as high as a Will Anderson, why we considered him. And we put the stamp on him saying, this is a generational guy. He's not there yet. It would be a bit aggressive to say that, but there's a reason why the NFL is going to be obsessed with a guy like Foskey, I think even if the production isn't that good this upcoming year, for whatever reason, there is still going to be a buy-in for a guy like Isaiah Foskey. Now, I don't think that this is a stylistic comp in the sense where he is the same type of player because Foskey is bigger and longer. This other player is a little bit more powerful and plays the, the linebacker role a little bit better, but I really do believe that he has the capability to be a Micah Parsons for a, a team wherever he ends up. Because originally the Dallas Cowboys started out trying to play him an outside linebacker, and then they realized, crap, we got to just put this guy at that edge and let him come off the edge. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen at the next level, but the ability to move him from gap to gap and tell him the rush from wherever he is. I don't think his coverage skills are as good or his linebacker skills are as good as Micah Parsons, but he has shades of that and showing the ability to do that on film. I think a creative defensive coordinator is going to use what Marcus Freeman did and what Al Golden is eventually going to do in their defensive scheme. Probably not as much, but the ability to do that is rare having done it in college. Not a lot of guys are capable of that. So it's not really a player comp, it's a usage comp. Like yeah. you want them to use him in a similar vein yes. to the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's ca- I think Parsons. it's very, very capable for a guy like him because he's shown the ability to do it. Gotcha. Well, I have a comp, Joe. Are you ready okay. for my comp? Yes. This is a Notre Dame comp, and it's also a New York Giants comp. Mr. Tuck Justin Tuck. Tuck. Yeah, man. Hey, he's Justin Tuck weighed in at the combine, six foot five, two hundred sixty eight pounds, and he had vines for arms, and he's incredibly explosive. I think that par- those parallels make a ton of sense. Tuck was a guy that, again, was not the bendiest rusher of all time, but he had a power profile because he had length, he had physicality, and he had explosiveness, and he had that twitch that you're talking about. And I think he had like three seasons in the NFL with double digit sacks. Like Justin yeah. Tuck was a 
really good football player. He was a player. dude. Yeah. Now he was a dude, man. I'll here's all right, and then here's a hot take. I don't know if this is a hot take actually, but this might be a hot take. Isaiah Foskey, if he comes out last year because he was eligible, probably a late first, early second round type of player, right? Mm-hmm. Like somewhere in that range, I think. Top forty player, I would say. This year, if he has a nice season and he has a even an uptick in just not even production, an uptick in just the quality of player he is and a little more nuance to him, he could be a top ten pick next year. I think that's my hot take. I don't know if it's hot. I don't really don't know. I don't think I, it is. I remember when I did the show at Irish Breakdown when they were when we, when he decided to go back to school for his fourth year. I kind of made the parallels, and they're different players, so I'm not comparing them as football players. But Aiden Hutchinson was a player that was going to be drafted probably in the second round if he came out. He had an injury, obviously. Decides to go back to school. He develops into a top-five pick. My argument is is that Isaiah Foskey could have a similar trajectory, maybe an early second-round player, but now could be a top-ten pick. And it's a different kind of conversation because one thing held Aiden Hutchinson back, but the thing that held Isaiah Foskey back is that he's not experienced playing the position. Right. right. It's, refi- it's a refinement issue. It's yeah. it's not a, a physical issue. And there were physical limitations for Hutchinson. And it also, right. the big argument with him is that he wasn't really, I think, as dominant as people would have would have hoped in that year in between when he decided to, to go back. When he, he came right. back and he ended up excelling in that final season. But the refinement thing is the big thing with Foskey. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think Hutchinson obviously had a great season for Michigan because he was healthy full-time, and he he ha- he took a big jump as far as the nuance of playing the mm-hmm. position because he has traits to work with, obviously. But I think if you put Hutchinson next to Foskey, I don't think it's a hot take to say that Foskey's a much more physically gifted football player than Aiden 100%. Hutchinson, in my opinion. Yeah, so I, I think that we could be dealing with a – I wouldn't peg him there right now, but – the NFL likes them already. We we got a little word on Blesto grades, and they're uh, they're very high on Isaiah Foskey. It seems early, and I I don't think it's unrealistic to think that Isaiah Foskey could be a top ten pick when it's all said and done. If Trevon Walker can go first overall, and then also if Jermaine Johnson could be considered to be a, a top ten pick during the cycle, and I think he would have gone much earlier if it wasn't for that run on receivers that happened in the middle of the first round. If both mm-hmm. those guys can be in the conversation. Uh, after being really trait-based players, I think for the most part, I I 100% agree. And right now, I haven't watched probably as many edge guys as you have, but I don't. I'm safely saying this is edge two for me. Like I, I'm putting him there. Physically, he's he's built like you need him to be. If Aiden Hutchinson could take that next step to become the second overall pick, I think Isaiah Foskey has the ability to. He's probably not going to be the second overall pick because there are actual quarterbacks in this class that are going to get drafted ahead of him. And maybe there's a lot of guys that slide in and it pushes down guys like Foskey and Miles Murphy, who we're going to talk about in a sec. Yep. He's still going to be capable of being the second edge and a top 10 pick. Well, I think overall, I know we're going to get into Murphy next, but out of the two guys we're talking about today, I think that both of them have a realistic chance to be that second edge off the board. Like, I think it's very possible in that regard. And Joe, I mean, I'm, I'm getting more excited because I thought it was going to be Will Anderson and a bunch of solid promising young players, but there's some dudes next year in the edge class. Yeah. Man. Like this is another really good edge group. And we have a guy, I think what was lacking in 2022 was you had a lot of good dudes up top. Like you had Kayvon and you had, you know, Jermaine Johnson, like you mentioned, that goes 26 overall. And you have Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker as traits. And they're all good players, obviously. 
But I don't know if you because I thought Kayvon was close to it, but I don't think that you had a like clear elite player at the top of next year's class. You have one now in Will Anderson, and you have other guys I think that could ascend to being those elite type players. So it's a really impressive edge group early on in this week. Yeah, I'm gonna be very, very pissed if come January we're sitting here arguing, does is Will Anderson the first overall pick? I'm I'm out, I'm tapping out, I'm taking it's a happen, vacation. Man. It's going to happen. I I pray that it doesn't. And actually, I really hope a team that already has a quarterback settled is the one who's picking first overall. I think that that would make the draft more entertaining. Like, I hope it's the Jets or something because that would really make the, the draft more entertaining if we have an edge rusher. I would I would like to poop on the parade for the the quarterback camp. But I, I you want to <laughs> poop on the parade. Huh? Yes. The parade. I like yes, that. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I want to uh, let's get to uh, let's get to Miles Murphy, the Clemson edge rusher, much yep. bigger. And we're talking about how different they are physically. I get from him not maybe not as twitchy off the line as Foskey, but I yeah. the, the thing that popped to me is suddenness with his hands power with his hands he is power uh, in his hands yeah, yeah. i, I uh-huh. there's a lot of aggressiveness with his hands and like you it's like he's swinging i made this this really uh funny point on ellerson smith a couple years ago i'm not comparing the two but I, I, mm-hmm. on the fcs show i said this to sean that it's it's almost like he's he's boxing because he's just swinging his arms like he's trying to throw a punch and i get a little bit of that mentality with miles murphy because his hands are strong. His hands are powerful. And the reps that he wins are when he's throwing his hands around and he's, he's just knocking off any contact from offensive linemen. He's somebody who I can trust to completely break contact that an offensive lineman has when they connect with the inside of his pads. And he's also strong enough. I watched a play against Iowa State, the second game I watched of him, where he completely tossed the left tackle and made a play on on Brees Hall. I haven't seen any of these other guys do that. I see them use nuance and positioning to make plays like that. Instead, Miles Murphy is just sheer out muscling dudes. And I, I love the power profile that he has. Yeah, no, he's <clears throat> this is the kid where alignment versatility for me is going to be a big selling point because I think that he can do things from a five all the way out to a nine yes. unit times, right? Like that's not going to be his not playing like a nine tag is not going to be his bread and butter, right? But then you can move him inside and he's a three tech at points. He's a four or four I. This is what I think people tried to make Trevon Walker, to be honest. I he's a better player than Trevon Walker just off the bat, right? Oh, I agree. And the, the, and it's crazy that he's not even going to get drafted anywhere near where Trevon Walker was. Uh, I mean, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens, man. My, I think Miles has some crazy traits, man. Because, like you said, he's got the length too, mm. two seventy five, six foot five, and he is incredibly powerful. Like, it, I mean, there is just some. He's only twenty years old, man, and he has got some incredible power. Strength. He really does have grown man strength. Like, he's got power in those mitts, man. He's got powerful lower half. He is the one guy where I thought Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse had a good game against him. But every other game I watched, man, he was just a game wrecker. Like, they could not deal with his length inside out. Like, they just couldn't do anything with it. So, this kid's not going to be the true outside track kid, but, like, power profile, long arm, ability to convert speed to power, and then hit some inside moves and moving up and down the line of scrimmage. Miles Murphy has special traits, man. He's going to be a he's gonna be a matchup nightmare for some dudes kind of playing up and down the line of scrimmage. 
All right, I'm going to do the cancerous thing that you're going to get really Don't upset do for it. me doing. Okay. Let's do it. I am only, my, my only concern. Actually, not my only my my concern with Miles Murphy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why this is this stood out to me more than anyone else we've done so far. Am I going to hit this? I looked at his stats, uh-huh. and I have to say, I think it's a bit concerning that out of the seven sacks that he had last year, which isn't that much, fourteen tackles okay. for loss, it's a decent season. Most uh-huh. of his production came against Boston College, Florida State, and UConn. That's where most of his production came from. He had also had one sack against Wake Forest in Georgia. But his best game statistically came against Florida State, Boston College, and UConn, which last year were not the Joe, pinnacle of talent. Don't do this, Joe. Don't do this, but Joe. Go I have to bring this up. It's, it, it, Go get it. It, it immediately popped out to me because it, it hasn't happened with anyone else so far. I think that it is a legitimate concern, and I want to go watch some of these other games where he doesn't have this production. I, I watched Florida State and I watched Iowa State, which he played well in both these games. I think that it it says something that if most of your stats come against the crap teams on your schedule, you have to make a note of it. I'm not saying I'm not taking him in the first round, but you have to make a note of it. Well, yeah, the, I mean, okay. So your point is valid. I hear you. You're talking about the sack production. You're talking about the tackle for loss production. Mm-hmm. My point is, is that disruption is not always quantified by stats. I mean, the Correct. kid is, the kid's just flashing everywhere, man. Like he's causing havoc and he's causing mayhem. And I would also say that he is in a deep rotation on that defensive line. Yeah, I mean, there are. There are dudes on that defensive line. I've been out on Xavier Thomas over the last couple of years because he just hasn't been the same guy as he was as a freshman. But I watched a couple of games of him late last year, man. He looked like the old Xavier Thomas, right? And then they got mm. Brian Bercy, who's coming back from an injury, who's a dominant player. They have Tyler Davis, who's a good football player. They have K.J. Henry, who's a good rotational player at defensive end. And then they have number seven. I forget his name. It's like Mas- uh, Jeremiah Muscol or Justin Muscol or something like that. My, my point is, is that I think that the production is not going to match the disruption that he causes, man. I think I, I think he's special. I really do. I think I think it's a bona fide top twenty player in next year's class. Okay. I do. I do. I, I I was less saying I'm out on him and more so saying it's something, something to, to be a, it's something to monitor. I want to. I need to see if he steps up more in these. I I do hate though. What really sucks is that we're sitting here, both of these guys, Foskey and Miles Murphy. Mm-hmm. Are both top twenty picks, but for some reason they weren't used like top twenty picks. Like Will Anderson, without a doubt, was on the field on every down. Like he was, they did not take him off the field. I just wonder why and if they were on the field more, what their impact truly could have been. And hopefully, we'll. I mean, I think we'll see that more. Uh, I mean, definitely from the Notre Dame side of things, from everything, every indicator is that Isaiah Fossey is just going to be on the field, right? Like mm-hmm. that's. Everyone expects that. I, I think that the tools for me are just tremendous with both players, right? And I mean, we're going to be talking about Clemson pretty much the next couple couple position groups because that front seven is just silly, Insane. to say the least. Like, it's it's just not fair, honestly. And I think sometimes, especially in Clemson's case, when you play with so many good players, you're going to get not overshadowed, but there's going to be production stole from you at times. Like, it's going to happen. I mean, it's it's – 
I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I, I think that production is going to match eventually the talent that a Miles Murphy has, and I think it's vice versa for Isaiah Foskey. I mean, this is like me uh, watching Joe DeLeon at Rhode Island being like, wow, the only tackle he ever made was against uh, Merrimack or something like that, right? I didn't, like, ma- I didn't make any tackles. I have two personal foul penalties, but no tackles as a long staffer. Joe. The greatest stat line in college football history. <laughs> that's why That's why you're only a 67 grade on PFF or whatever it was, right? <laughs> I think it was a 66, but still. I don't know where the hell that grade comes from because like, I didn't block. I didn't tackle. I don't know where the hell I was. My snaps were great. Did you, I don't know did you have a bad snap? That. Did you have a bad snap? No, I didn't. I didn't have a bad snap, so I don't know what this. Uh, maybe it was from field goal. Maybe it was because I, you know, I got, you know, I, I always got bumped around on on PAT field goal, but not enough to lead to a block. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna call PFF and demand that. Yeah, you know, what the hell, Chris Collinsworth? Fix my goddamn grid. I think it's gonna wrap us up on Ryan. Next show we are gonna be doing. Uh, we should have Alex. We yep. will be doing a full position group ranking. Uh, hopefully, I have watched enough guys by then. Alex should. I will go watch, guys. Let's see if time permits. Uh, Alex definitely will be because he we gave him a two-week vacation. Um, <laughs> hope you enjoyed nice. it, Alex. At Joe DeLeon. At, yeah, it must be nice. At Rise and Draft. At NFL Prospect Pod. And Hack City on YouTube. Talk to you later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 